Welcome to Business Mentorship, Keeping It Real. I'm Trish Tonai, founder and host for the series, where we feature entrepreneurs and enterprise leaders who participate in shareyourstories.online. Today, we have a returning guest. I'd like to introduce you to Richard Stevens, who has published 13 books since 2018 as a fantasy epic writer. I'd like to welcome Stephen, who's or Richard, who's going to talk about his 13th book, which was just launched last month. Welcome. Hey, Thanks for having me. I don't know why me. I want to call you Stephen. You know why? You kind of remind me a little bit of my younger brother, and his name is Stephen. <laughs> so for, for some reason, you look like a Stephen to me, not like a Richard. So welcome, well, welcome. You know, it, it's funny because uh, my last name always gets misspelled. It's spelled with a PH, and everyone right. spells with a V. Even in my, uh, my graduation diploma, my school spelled my name wrong. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, I often get Steve a lot. It's just uh, because it seems like I have a last name, first name for a last name. For so. A first name and a last name. Yeah, I just answered anything. So I'm okay with that. <laughs> well, listen, I, I'm absolutely thrilled that you were able to join us as a returning guest because, you know, I can't tell you how absolutely awestruck I am that you have been able to write 13 novels since 2018. Clearly, you have an amazing imagination as an epic fantasy writer. So tell us a little bit about how it has been absolutely possible to write that many books in such a short period of time. Well, I do it full time now, so uh, that allows me to do it. Uh, and, you know, I, and I don't think I'm as prolific as I could be as far really? as getting words out. I don't write a lot of words a day. I might, I'm lucky to write 2,000 words a day, but I, I just do it every day other than the weekends. I believe in taking the weekends off uh, sure. to allow my mind to just relaxed but uh yeah so i get to do it full time so i'm very fortunate that way and that's allowed me to do so but my very first book i had in my head for 35 36 years and i had five kids and two careers and of course they take precedence over what i wanted to sure. do and, and thank you thanks to my wife she's allowed me to uh retire from my previous real world job and right. uh, sit down and write and uh, follow my dreams so uh, that's what i'm doing and i look forward to mondays like, you know, most people don't look forward to going to work on Monday. I absolutely uh, relish it. So, so you have to um, give us a little bit of insight because I've taken a look at some of the uh, feature pages or the title pages of your books, and the graphics are absolutely outstanding. I mean, for one thing, the, those dragons are just like <laughs> they're so fierce and awesome and completely amazing. So, tell me how you've collaborated with various different illustrators, or how did you come about with these amazing book covers? Yeah, most of them are by flukes, and a lot of them are on uh, like uh, through Facebook. I do pretty well everything through Facebook. It's amazing how I connect with uh, different authors, different artists, and uh, a lot of my covers are what they call pre-made covers. So uh, the artist has actually made this pre-made cover, and they put whatever blurb on the front of it, and they try to sell it. And a lot of my ideas for my books, I look at that cover, I'm thinking I can write the story to that book, and this whole storyline will come into my head. So hundred, you know it. 600 pages later, this uh, the Let's present the series cover. I'm doing now was because I saw this cover online. I wasn't even looking for it. And I wow. wanted to use that as an interior picture. You see behind me, there are a bunch of interior pictures I always put inside my books. And she said, no, uh, she said, that picture is too nice to be an interior picture. I want to use it for a cover. So if you, you know, so she wouldn't sell it to me. So I sat on it for a few days and all of a sudden I had like, 600 page novel jump into my head to accommodate that picture and that's and that uh, led to the book that just released uh on last month which is dragon sex so it's actually going to be wow. a four book series yeah just because i happen to see that piece of artwork 
randomly on Facebook. So that's what kind of inspired you then. I find that really interesting that the visuals of, you know, something done that someone has done from their imagination and artwork actually has inspired you and your imagination to write a story. How cool is that? Well, and it's, it's really neat. And you know the old saying that a, a picture is uh, worth a thousand words. Well, in my yeah. case, a picture is worth uh, 150. 600 words. <laughs> <laughs> That's really fantastic. Now, so it, the the various different books in the series. So, okay, you've got thirteen books. Um, are they all interconnected in some way, or are they a series that within the series, so to speak? Uh, they're all in the same universe. So, I call the Soul Forge universe, and uh, so it's, it goes over about a two thousand year story arc. But I write them in trilogies. So each trilogy. Ah starts and ends uh, someone's story. So Rika's, uh, The Legends of the Lurker is all about this uh, lady named Rika. And it's all about her quest to save the dragons from the king. So you'll get invested in the characters in book one and her story will end in book three and you'll never see Rika again. Some of the longer lived characters like dragons and elves, you know, they might sneak into different books, but I don't wanna spoil that to anyone. But uh, for the most part, each trilogy stands on its own. So you can pick up any trilogy in my universe and read it and not have to know the before or the after. Right, right. But the problem now, for me is when I'm writing these things, I get so much lore in my mind that every time I write one book, I get uh, the ideas for two more in my head either. And I keep writing backwards. So as I write the history, you know, throughout the pages, I don't bore people with a great big info dump, but there's certain mentions of certain characters from long ago. And then my mind just starts turning see oh. i want to write the story about that person like i don't know anything about them i just happen to mention them in passing and uh next thing i know i've got a 600 page book about that character so. now do you do you do um you know folklore research at all because i mean i know a great portion of what you do in terms of writing every day is based on your own imagination and how you you know imagine the characters and you bring them to life through the words on a page i'm assuming so tell me a little bit about how that imagination and thought process works, because clearly you need some sort of a storyboard to keep track of all these characters. Yeah, no, you know, I'm a true blown pantser. So I, my very first book, I took the character, opened the front door, I kicked him out, and I had no idea what was going to happen. I knew exactly where it was going to end, but I didn't know how to get there. So I had three books in my mind. There's going to be a trilogy. I didn't know the ending to that first series. So I just kicked him out the door and together we walked through the forest and we discovered what was going on around him. And all of a sudden, you know, a client, a, a, a confrontation happened and it just slowly kept building. So I discovered the world through him. But that being said, 13 bucks later, uh, because it's all in the same universe, you know, instead of trying to go through 400 pages of text, trying to figure out if the main, you know, what color this guy's eyes are, I've now built uh, Excel, very complex Excel, Excel spreadsheets with I characters bet. and places and they have everything's listed on them. So when I ever go back to a place called Grishin, I don't need to remember, did the tunnel turn right or did it turn left when they went inside? I just go to my spreadsheet and there it is. So. Oh, isn't that fantastic. Yeah. Now I'm sure that there was, I know that you're a father of five. So um, mm -hmm. clearly you're, you know, over the, the years, you know, you were reading stories to your kids and, you know, your kids were probably sparking, you know, imagination as well. Um, tell me a little bit about when you were a child, because I'm sure there's lots of folks in our viewing and listening audience who either may have a child or a niece or a nephew who has a really wild imagination. And, you know, as a parent, how do you start to harness that creativity? So what did you do when you were a child and you had this obviously amazing imagination? I started writing when I was nine. I, I used to, someone introduced me to the Hardy Boys, probably my grandparents. 
And I lived with my grandparents, so uh, I, I absolutely loved the Hardy Boys series by Franklin Dixon. He's the one who's inspired all the artwork behind me and my writing and my love for reading was just reading the Hardy Boys. And in his books, he's got pictures in his books, so he pencils in pictures. And I thought it was such an intimate experience when you're reading a story to actually see the, the picture. So you can, as you're reading the words, you're trying to envision the picture at the same time. Right, right. So when I started writing at nine, I'm thinking, you know, I could probably write a Hardy Boys book, obviously with my own characters. And so I started doing that and I started drawing in pictures myself. Now, I don't take credit for the art in my books. Uh, I, I pay professionals to do that because they do sure. a better job than I do and they make them look a lot more realistic. But I've always wanted to include pictures in my books so that my readers can see what I see. And uh, so I've always, uh, like I started writing when I was nine and it's just something I've always done. I've been kind of a, a more of an introvert child. Like I wasn't an extrovert, so I always normally kept to myself. And I like to sit there on my old Underwood typewriter, great big anchor of a typewriter, yeah. and, and write stories. And I've always been doing that. So when you know when I read your bio, your 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 intention was, believe it or not, at a time to only launch four more books in your career. And clearly, you've like magnified that tenfold because you've you've gone way beyond that expectation. So how do you see the future of your writing unfolding? If, you, if you've done trilogies and we're on to the 13th book now, I assume you're starting to write the 14th. I am uh, about 35,000 words into book 14 right now. Wow. So yeah, I don't see any end in sight. Like I say, I, I, every time I write a book, I get two more in my head and it's all in the same universe. So I want to start expanding. But what I'd like to do is start from book one, and, which I haven't done yet, and then start working forward so that readers that come on board from this point forward can start at book one chronologically and work their way forward. So I've been writing like Star Wars in 1977, it came out A New Hope, and that was like episode four of the George Lucas series. And then when he realized he had a hit, he went back yeah, and did back. the prequels and, and it keeps going back. So my right. books seem to be the same thing. And I, I wanna at some point start forward. And I had a research trip planned to the British Isles for scheduled in 2020. Of course, uh, COVID uh, I happen, had, yeah. and I put that on hold. So that stopped that series. So whenever I can get to travel back to England and Scotland, I will write the very first series. And I'll, from that point forward, I'm going to work forward again. And at some point, 30, 40 novels later, I'm going to tie into the original series because the original series is actually the last series. Isn't that cool? That's a really interesting way of taking a look at sort of uh, chronologically building on the various different storylines that you've created. So, you know, we've talked a little bit about the inspiration and you talked about the Hardy Boys and how and what a wonderful introduction at a very young age to find a love of writing. And you mentioned that, you know, travel going to uh, to the British Isles and to Scotland and probably Wales will be another inspiration piece for you. And while you're sort of in your your day to day office and, you know, do you have a dedicated space within your your home that you write in? I do. I'm in it right now. So my pictures used to be before me, but because I do uh, the legends, uh, lurking for legends on Tuesday, you've been on right. and uh, I do live reads and stuff like that. I wanted my pictures to be behind me so that uh, the viewers will see the pictures behind me. It kind of gives it a nice atmosphere and I can just spin around and look at them whenever I want. But uh, uh, yeah, so I, I've got a, I've been blessed with a nice big office I share with my wife, but it's big enough that we leave each other alone and uh, it works out quite well. Now, tell us a little bit about your podcast, because yes, thank you very much. I was invited as an author mm. myself to uh, participate in your podcast. Give us a, a little bit of insight into, because there's lots of folks that are doing some really amazing work, right? 
And, uh, you know, Christy is your partner in uh, the podcast. So tell me a little bit about what inspired you to actually start the podcast series with Christy and some of the guests that you have on your show. Uh, I am, like I say, I'm an introvert and I'm very shy. I'm not a very good speaker at all. I've been asked to do uh, several speaking events and I can't sleep when I get asked to do that because uh, I get so nervous. And uh, there's a an author in the States who does these live reads and he does it and, you know, he's got a speech impediment and everything else, but he just does it. And I was so inspired by that. And I'm thinking, you know what, I can do that to it. And I finally, I've gotten over the fact that you know, I don't have to be a good speaker to, to speak. Right. And uh, so even, even coming on here today, you know, you always you're a little jittery at first, but uh, I, I've got over that and I've got over myself. So I, I'm not worried anymore about what people think. I used to always worry about what people think about me all the time. And I, I've, I'm finally, you know, I'm 56, so it's taken me a long time to get there. But yeah. uh, because of that, I just decided that I wanted to start interviewing people, especially from the indie world, because, uh, you know, it's so hard for us to get an audience, you know, because mm -hmm. there's so many millions of books out there, so many millions of great books and millions of bad books. And, you know, the world's got to weed through them. So chances of anyone seeing Richard A. Stevens, they're probably not going to. And, you know, so by doing this broadcast uh, with Christy, uh, we invite anyone from the any kind of publishing world, but especially the indie publishing world, to come on and just talk a bit about themselves. Just you know, put their name out there. And no, you know, we don't have a crowd of uh, or a viewing audience of millions that are going to get you seen. But it's just that little extra thing. So it's almost like the rule of seven that you know you got to be seen seven times. An advertisement's got to be seen seven times before it starts to take root. And all of a sudden, you think. I've heard of Tristan Oz before. What was that? And then you start looking into her, and uh, and that's how you get to know uh, know her. So it's just a nice way to give back to the community because the community has been so amazing for me. Like I would never be where I am now without uh, the writing community behind me because there's it's it's scary, it's daunting. There's so much to know, especially as an indie. You know that's so true because you know one of the things that we say is. Um, uh, you know, when we talk about mentorship, um, we, we can, you know, you, you, I always use a quote when I'm speaking, and that is, you never know who's watching your story and being mm -hmm. admired. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I find is really cool is I'm sure that there is all kinds of people, Richard, that you have inspired. Um, because to your point, you know, doing these kind of podcasts just gives us, builds our self-confidence a little bit, right? And it gives, we don't have to take each other so seriously. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we're human. We make mistakes, you know. Uh, it's just like giving you exposure is a really wonderful thing because to your point, building an audience is a really difficult thing to do. So how, give us a little bit of insight for those folks who are listening who maybe are authors, and they're saying, you know, wow, like 13 books in a very short period of time is completely amazing. And how do you how do you build an audience? How do you start to do that? You mentioned Facebook um, and you've got your podcast. Is there any other little tips that you can give to to authors who are maybe just starting out to kind of go, wow, where do I start? Like, I have no idea what to do. Yeah, you know, what? I'm certainly no expert when it comes to marketing myself. And uh, luckily, Caroline's starting to take that over for me. But uh, I, I, I truly believe that. Uh, and this is what we're going to come into at the end here. And so, but uh, you have to believe in yourself. Yeah. And until you believe in yourself, you can't expect anyone else to. So, you know, get yourself out there. Don't be afraid. Uh, and, you know, you're only as good as what you're writing today. Mm -hmm. you know, don't think that you're going to be writing the next Pulitzer Prize novel because, you know, realistically, you're probably not. But 
don't don't let that deter you. Like, you're as good as you are with what you're writing today. People always ask me, what's your favorite book that I'm writing? And I always say it's the one that's on my computer. It's not even out right. yet. Right. I always think that I'm as good as the book that I'm writing. And as an author, hopefully we're learning and growing our craft as we go forward. So each book is just a little bit tighter, a little more concise. The storytelling is just a little bit nicer. So that a lot of people want to buy Soul Forge first because that's the first book I wrote. And inside my head, I'm going, oh, don't buy that because it's... I don't like it's that one anymore. My baby. It's, it's always going to be my baby. It is not right. my best written book. So right. if you're a new reader, I'd rather you read something more recent that I think reflects my writing. More. So you're not yeah. put off and say, well, I'm never reading that guy again. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I want to really thank you very much, uh, Richard, for spending some time with us because, you know, um, it, it's really very fascinating to hear other people's stories. And it's really amazing that your three words of advice to folks are believe in yourself. And I really want to mention, because we've had a few comments, because this is live, we've had a few comments that have been popping up um, on my side of the screen. And I just want to read a quote in terms of mentorship. And this is from Louise, and she says, Richard has inspired me to venture outside of my comfort zone. He's been an inspiration to me from the beginning. And then um, your partner in crime, Christy, has also chimed in and said, uh, so many writers can relate to Richard's story. So I really want to thank you very much for spending some time with us today and giving us a little bit of an introduction to the person behind the logo. So thank you very much. No, thank you. And, and, and as far as Louise goes, you know, it, it's all about paying it forward. You know, yes. I was inspired by people before me who helped me through it. And, it, you know, being a published author is such a scary thing because it's it's your heart and soul that you're putting out there. And, right. you know, you hate to be judged and uh, until you can get yourself beyond that point. Right. You know, I, I think most authors just never publish a book because of that. So right. it's a shame. Well, I, we certainly want to thank you for taking the leap of faith and sharing with us 13 of your novels. So thank you very much, Richard. Thank you for having me on, Trish. I appreciate it. And to our viewing and listening audience, thank you so much for spending some time with us in this edition of Business Mentorship, Keeping It Real, where we've introduced you to the person behind the logo and really given you a little bit of insight into what it takes in your imagination and how you too uh, can believe in yourself and pursue your own dreams and passion. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you.